Questions that dive beneath the surface of events and issues. Ones that invite answers from the heart, even the soul, not just the intellect. That's where the larger social movements take place, the deep shifts that propel change into and through our daily lives and that are the ultimate subject of this book. As with priests and philosophers, there's a bit of the ancient soothsayer in us pollsters, Our livelihood involves peering through the veil of time. Unlike priests and philosophers, though, when pollsters make assertions about what's to come, we at least have the data to back us up. If, for example, you want to see how America is going to relate to the larger world in the decade ahead, look at the 18- to 29-year-olds, the group I call the First Globals. Like all young adults, This newest batch is materialistic and self-absorbed. They want to look richer than they are. They obsess about relationships. But polling we have done for Hamilton College and many other clients tells us that this is, in fact, the most outward-looking and accepting generation in American history. These new global citizens are far more likely than their elders to accept gays and lesbians. For all practical purposes, They're the first colorblind Americans, and the first to bring a consistently global perspective to everything from foreign policy to environmental issues to the coffee they buy, the music they listen to, and the clothes they wear. First globals expect to travel to exotic locales such as Cape Town and Dubai in their lifetime. A quarter of them think they'll end up living for some significant period in a country other than America. Collectively, This youngest voting demographic leans toward the Democratic Party, as it showed in the 2004 presidential race when 55% of college students voted for John Kerry compared to 41% for George Bush. The trend continued into 2006 when voters age 18 to 29 voted for the Democratic candidate in 55% of gubernatorial races, 58% of House races, and 60% of Senate races. On defense and foreign policy issues, their worldview has clearly been shaped by America's go-it-alone approach to Iraq and the Middle East generally. In polling we did for the Foreign Policy Association prior to the 2004 election, we provided a sampling of 1,000 respondents with a broad range of descriptions of the U.S. role in the world today and asked them to rate the properness of the descriptions on a sliding scale. The response to one such description is broken down by age below. An imperialist power that acts on its own regardless of what the rest of the world thinks. Improper or somewhat improper? 86% of 18- to 29-year-olds felt that way. 73% of 30- to 49-year-olds, 69% of 50- to 64-year-olds, and 67% of people 65 or older agreed. Somewhat proper or proper? Only 3% of 18- to 29-year-olds agreed. 30- to 49-year-olds, 13%. 50 to 64, 20%, and 65 or older, 17%. No other group we studied, not Democrats generally, not self-described progressives or libertarians, not readers of the New York Times, had a greater spread 
between the two extremes. But if these first globals lean left and sometimes act left, they account for the overwhelming majority of the 3.2 million members of MoveOn.org, for example. There is nothing knee-jerk about their politics. Two out of three of them say that abortion is always or usually morally wrong. They are far more likely than voters age 30 and over to identify themselves as politically strictly independent. In fact, more than any other generation I've tracked in my polling, globals seem determined to find a middle ground on the hot-button issues of the day and to decide each one on a case-by-case basis, not because their party leaders are urging them in one direction or the other. I like to tell audiences that while first globals might not be more able than other age cohorts to point to Darfur on a map, they at least know there is a Darfur, and they care.